stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, back in 2016, uh, then-presidential candidate Donald Trump broke with tradition and refused to release his tax returns. Uh, Fast forward to 2020, uh, incumbent President Donald Trump has been fighting tooth and nail in court to prevent those tax returns from being released. Uh, Investigators uh, in New York and a congressional committee both trying to get their hands on those tax returns. Well, the New York Times managed to get its hands on Donald Trump's tax returns, and it paints a clear picture of why he's been so determined to keep them under wraps. Certainly, the the image he has crafted for himself uh, of a successful uh, businessman, a successful billionaire, uh, is very much undercut by what's in these documents. Uh, that Donald Trump's uh, businesses have been hemorrhaging money, that Donald Trump has been posting massive losses and debts in recent years, has been uh, adding some very strange write-offs as well. In fact, for 10 of the 15 years before he became president, he paid no federal tax at all. He paid just $750 in taxes in 2016 and in 2017. And maybe more importantly, There are hundreds of millions of dollars in debt he has that are coming due in the next few years. And to whom does he owe that money? So it certainly raises a a lot of questions uh, about Donald Trump and who he is and his his business practices. Well, joining us uh, to talk more about all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, uh, Tim Miller. He's a writer at large at the Bloomberg. And uh, he's also a political director with the group Republican Voters Against Trump, more to thebulwark.com. Uh, Tim, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. Welcome to the program. Hey, happy to do it. I wish I could be in Calgary in person. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, so let, let's go through some of this. And you got a great piece uh, up today talking about what, what this uh, represents in your view. I mean, how much of, of the Trump image, you know, the brand he's trying to create for himself is, is now in tatters after this? You know, it's interesting. In 2016, um, I was working for a super PAC called Our Principles Pack, and we po- uh, did some polling and tested with voters their view of the president and, and uh, of his business uh, acumen. Uh, and despite the fact that he had so many bankruptcies, at the time, this political message that he was actually not a successful businessman didn't work with people. It didn't stick because they saw that he was a rich guy. They saw his uh, lifestyle. And so I do wonder whether even with these tax returns, that is something you can convince voters of. I just I think I think just for regular people, it might be a tough sell. But what I think this really undermines with voters is this sense that he actually cares about them, that he cares about the forgotten man, that this is that he's a populist. Uh, who is going to go after the elites and the bankers and the big tech companies and maybe even himself because he wants to give a hand up to the working stiff. That is a fraud. It's been a fraud from the start, and I think uh, voters are catching on to that, and this tax return is another evidence, is more evidence of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of examples of, of Trump over the years, you know, sort of making it seem like he's a guy that pays a lot of money in taxes. Uh, that he's doing his part. You point out in your piece uh, an August 2015 quote where he says, you've seen my statements, I do very well, I don't mind paying a little more in taxes, knowing full well that he wasn't paying any taxes at the time. Right. 
So what does that tell well, us about? about? He, said, he said, it's going to cost me a fortune. He said, my yeah. own tax bill will cost me a fortune. The media bought this hook, line and sinker, by the way, in 2016. This was like part of his brand. He wasn't a usual Republican. He was open to raising taxes on the rich. And you know, he was this populist rich guy. That was all phony. It was all phony. He never was going to pay a fortune in taxes. He paid 750 bucks. You know, his tax uh, uh, reform package that they signed didn't do anything to get rid of any of these loopholes that he takes advantage of. I'm sure you, we don't know what his tax return was this year, but I'm sure he was paying nothing again or $750 again. This is not normal. This is not um, just usual rich guy stuff. Um, this is extreme tax avoidance by a person that was promising that he was going to crack down on extreme tax avoidance that was promising that he was going to pay himself more when it was all a lie. It was all a lie from the start. And so I, I think that is a resonant message. In some ways, it's more similar to what the Democrats message against Mitt Romney in 2012, that he was this plutocrat that was out of touch. Mm -hmm. I, that works, I think, as a message against Donald Trump. And Joe Biden is, in particular, a much better messenger than Hillary Clinton was for that message. And that's why I think this is such a vulnerability for him. Yeah, and do you think in a way that, I mean, you know, to, to pay zero in federal taxes is one thing, but there's almost something about the $750 as, <laughs> as something to latch on to, right? Because it just seems like such a, a weird figure. It's absurd, right? It does seem absurd. I mean, he, he, he did a write-off of $70,000 for his hair weave. Uh, and yet only paid $750 in taxes. It does. Yeah. It's a number that sticks in your memory. You know, it's sort of, uh, I guess, reminiscent of the Romney's 47% thing. 47% right. of, of Americans um, uh, aren't, do, uh, you know, don't actually care. Um, I, I think that in that sense, it's a, it is a memorable figure for sure. What about the debts? Um, you know, I mean, clearly, look, his, his businesses yeah. were losing a lot of money and, and he was dealing with all kinds of problems. But, you know, there, there's this mysterious debt. I think it's like $400 million uh, in debt that, that's coming due in the next few years. How do you think that that's been motivating him, either to, to run for president, how he's been acting as president, or how he's feeling about the potential of not being president? You know, he's... Um... He's the kind of guy that his entire life has lived on the edge. He's been leveraged to the hilt his whole life. He's been bankrupt, been on the edge of bankruptcy a lot. Um, he's always kind of lied and schemed his way out of it. And he ended up in the highest office in the land. So I, I don't, I don't know how much it has impacted his mindset. I think that he's the kind of person that moves from scam to scam and is going to move from scam to scam his whole life until his luck runs out. I think that the debts for me are more concerning because we don't have a lot of visibility into who the president is in um, in debt to. I mean, who he owes favors to. You know, John Bolton said in a private speech that he thought that Donald Trump made national security decisions related to Turkey because of his business interests there. Um you know, I, I think that there is a lot to find out and learn about the Kushner and Trump um, business entanglements and how they've impacted his decision in Washington. This is old school corruption and graft. You know, that's all this is. This is a swamp. And so I think that in that sense, um, the, the debts were very alarming. Um, as to what it has to do with his mindset, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think this is just kind of Donald Trump being Donald Trump. 
In terms of how this is going to play out, I mean, it, it seems like there's kind of a, a floor almost to, to Donald Trump's support that, that uh, you know, w- whatever comes out, it, it still sort of settles at a certain level. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Joe Biden seems to be leading in a lot of the polls. Uh, the, the coronavirus situation doesn't seem to be getting any better. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why Donald Trump's in some trouble facing reelection. But did you, do you see this as any kind of a, a game changer at all? Um, I think it's game changers may be overstated. Um, Here's what it is. Donald Trump is behind in this election. He is running out of days and he's running out of news cycles to change the story. Uh, Every week, the story is about his tax returns or him refusing to uh, uh, promise that we'll have a peaceful transition of power or the fact that he refuses to wear a mask is another week uh, that he's not talking about something that can help him beat Joe Biden and that can help him win back some of the support that he's lost. So um, I think in that sense, um, it, it, it does hurt him. I, do, I think that you're right that he has a floor of support, and I don't expect it to bottom out over this. All right. Well, your piece is up at the, thebulwark.com. Tim, thanks so much for making some time for us here. Appreciate this. Anytime. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for reading you The Bulwark. Too. Take care. Uh, that is Tim Miller. He's a writer at large uh, with the Bulwark, bulwark.com, also political director with the group Republican Voters Against Trump. So his thoughts on, on what these uh, tax returns tell us about uh, who Donald Trump actually is and what his finances actually look like. And it's really not a, a pretty picture. So did he misrepresent who he was and what he had accomplished and what he had and what he was living off of? Does it resonate with, with middle class voters, lower middle class voters? That this guy was, you know, writing off seventy thousand dollars in in haircuts. You know, essentially trying to portray this image uh, of wealth that he was living a certain kind of lifestyle, all the while finding all kinds of tax write offs to just, you know, finance that to make it appear that way, because his actual businesses were bleeding money all over the place. It was a guy who boasted in the past about how much he paid in taxes. A guy who boasted in the past about how he could pay for his own campaign. And that was never true at all. And there certainly is that question. To whom does he owe $400 million? And what is he going to do when those debts come due? Anyway, we've got to take a break here. 403-974-8255 is the number. Back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.